Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week we'll be diving into the realm of TV, kinda, with the Netflix series Stranger Things. To join me on the journey this week is the one, the only, the Lacey. Jason, welcome back. The Lacey. (laughs) It's been a while. How have you been? Yeah, it's been a while. I've been good, man. I've been good. I I'm assuming you've been good as well. Yes. Oh, not we're, too bad. King of we're all we're all fine here now. How 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 are you? <laughs> the Star Wars is already starting. <laughs> that should be a given. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back to the program, Jason. We are Thank you. we are very much looking forward to your insights for the discussion point this week for Stranger Things, yes. the, the widely talked about Netflix series. But first. Mr. Lacey, what have you been entertained by recently? Oh, recently, you know, entertaining, it's good, because entertaining can cover so much things than, you know, just video games and such, because I, I haven't, haven't been exploring that realm too much. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, my wife and I binge-watched Stranger Things, like, immediately, and then after that, there was, like, this immediate void of, what do we watch now? So, you know, kind of been bouncing around from things to things. We watched a lot of movies here and there, but... Um, most recently, you know, I, I made a point. I went through and I watched season one of Halt and Catch Fire, the AMC technological drama. To set another period piece set in the 80s about uh, a computer, well, uh, an electronics company getting into the computer race against IBM and Apple and everything. Um, really interesting. If you like like the Steve Jobs, if you like Silicon Valley or like, I'm going to say the Steve Jobs films just because it's somewhat um, comparable. I think you'd really enjoy this as well. So I've been bouncing through that. And before I start season two, I, I want to get through Voltron on Netflix as well. So I've been digging into that. And at least film-wise, the most recent thing we watched was um, it's a 2015 film called um, The Truth. I think I believe it's called The Truth in Their Eyes. Let me just look here on the Google machine. Secret in Their Eyes, uh, starring uh, Julia Roberts, um, Nicole Kidman, and uh, the guy's name I can't pronounce uh, Shutil Yukafor or Uafor? Chuate Ed Uafor, something like that? Something like that, yeah. It's uh, based on a book, uh, 2015 thriller, really cool kind of, there's like this, these murders and these, these the main characters all work for like the FBI and like district attorney's office and the person that did this never got, you know, properly prosecuted and especially it was like one of their own was one of the victims here and then 15 years later the characters reunite and the case is kind of reopened kind of a keeps you guessing a little bit through the plot it's really good though um and beyond that you know it's uh it's that draw it's that lull of the summer where there's not really much you know there's no game releases you're waiting for baseball like baseball you're waiting for that to get done with so we got you know hockey and football and other sports starting up but uh not a baseball fan i take it you know i if I go to the park, I am, but it's just I cannot watch it on TV. So if I there's don't. a $7 box of Cracker Jacks, you're a fan. Oh, yeah. If you give me a $7 box of Cracker Jacks, or apparently I missed it at our local, uh, here in Grand Rapids, we have a AAA, I, want, I think they're AAA, I don't think they're AA affiliate, I can't quite remember, um, the West Michigan Whitecaps are a Tigers affiliate, and they had a 10-cent dog night, and I so wish I could have done that, because... As gross as those ballpark hot dogs are, for ten cents, you just, challenge, you just challenge yourself, you know. That's ten cents. I mean, what's wrong with them? 
Exactly. This is also the ballpark that had what's called the, uh, it used to be called the Fifth Third Burger. And it's like this ginormous, it was on Man vs. Food, if that tells you anything. It's this <laughs> giant burger. You could split it up. One person can have a quarter of it. But I think the total thing is like 2,800 calories or something like that. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's like and twice the daily oh, intake. Yeah. yeah. You're getting your twice your daily intake in one horrible, horrible meal. I think <sighs> they also have uh, bacon tacos. Bacos? Bacon. Yeah. Bacos. Wait, no. It would be bacos. Either way, it's bacon. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can't go wrong. But, uh, yeah, that's really it. What about you? Um, For me, honestly, not a lot. Uh, binge watch Stranger Things, kind of. Uh, I was listening to an episode of Flux Deposed. You may be familiar with that podcast. Ooh, I have heard of this podcast before. And in the title of the podcast was <laughs> Watch Stranger Things. So I, I listened to it and I heeded the counsel and I went to watch the first episode of Stranger Things um, shortly after we moved into the new house here. So, you know, we were still settling in and there yeah. was actually a storm that night. Uh, and my wife was like, why are you watching this creepy show right now? And hmm. so, you know, we started watching that one night and then came back to it a few days later. But we'll get more into that later. Other than that... um, Man, I've there's some games that I've played recently. Actually, um, I went through and replayed The Walking Dead season one, the Telltale game oh, nice. on the Xbox One because I, I played it before in 360, but I never got to season two. So did you did you purposely like make different decisions than you did the first time? If you can remember, or no, I don't think so. I played it how I thought I wanted the story to unfold. Uh, I played it, like, with fresh eyes, pretty much, because there were some things that I didn't remember. So my intent was to kind of create that game save again that'll travel further on so I can go to Season 2 and beyond. Yeah. And so I played it the way I thought I would want it to unfold and go on, and that's a good story. Uh, then after that, I went through Season 2 and have completed that just last night. And stupid achievement. There's one achievement on there that is at 100% but hasn't popped yet. So I'm just wondering if, like, what I have to do to get that achievement to pop because it's the last one I need for that for that game. That one will be done. Uh, it's, you know, because, you know, with Telltale games, it's nothing, like, you don't have to do 1,000 clicks to do this or that. It's just story-based. So when you get to a certain point of the game, it just unlocks. And mm-hmm. so there's just one of them. It's in the second episode that hasn't unlocked yet. And I'm like, come on. Uh, so waiting for that to unlock. And then I'll have a thousand game score on that too. And then there was a game that came out. Uh, I think it was Tuesday, free on Xbox One, called Ben Hur. Oh boy! Have you have you ever heard of Ben Hur before? Oh, it's one of my it's my father in law's like favorite one of his favorite movies. Okay, so I've not seen the original. Honestly, I have not. I have not either. It's probably something I should watch at some point, but um, I just haven't had the desire to. And they're making a new movie that's coming out soon. So, in promotion of that movie, they released this this chariot racer. I guess you could call it. It's not a cart racer; it's a chariot racer. Uh, you have turtle shells or other power ups that you can throw at your fellow chariots. You have a whip that you can whip the other chariot riders with. So it's like road rash of it. Kinda. So what you're wanting to do in this game, it's like 
there, there's three races, and three races is a circuit, right? And there's only one circuit to this game. It's very basic. This this game is like 700 megabytes. And oh gosh. <laughs> so you know it's it's quality right there. Um, but it's it's very – there's like random stuff that appears in the track for some reason. <laughs> I guess that they would just throw random stuff in the track, like statues. Uh, so if you run into those, they hurt you and your, your chariot. Um <laughs> So you have a health bar, and everybody else around you has a health bar. And if you get them down low enough, there's like this little window that pops up and shows them crashing, and it makes this little noise or whatever. And I swear, this this is like I played it for maybe a total of forty five minutes at most, and I got all one thousand achievements in it, and I. I actually had a little bit of fun with this game because it reminded me a little bit of Burnout, uh, like Burnout Takedown. Okay. You know how you force the other cars off into like yeah, walls. Yeah, love and that them... game. Yeah. So it kind of evoked that emotion a little bit, which is not bad, but totally, like, I'm glad I didn't pay anything for this game. I'm glad it was a free release. Um, I guess it's a cheap way to market the movie because, hey, if you tell there's tell somebody there's a free a game out here and you can easily get a thousand gamer score you're probably going to get a few people to go check it out and then be be like oh it's a movie because before you actually play the race it plays the trailer for the movie and then before or no there's there's a cut scene in the extras uh that talks about the making of the movie so it's it was all right it's i mean it's worth uh you know 45 minutes of your time if you want a thousand gamer score it's worth the price of admission yeah exactly right so um, that's what I've been playing from that side of things. And obviously still Peggle here and there because I, I'm addicted to Peggle. And, you know, every day I'm Peggling. <laughs> but worth it for the victory music. Yeah, that's right. Uh, other than that, actually, I have been entertained by the Olympics. Um, I haven't really oh, been yeah, actively yeah. watching them, but, uh, like, they're on. I mean... And I really only get NBC right here where I where I'm at right now because I haven't mm-hmm. properly matched my HD antenna. But it's uh, it's kind of fun to watch the Olympics because you know I never really watch swimming or you know track and field or uh, volleyball or anything like that. But you know when it's on, I'm like, hey, I'll check it out just to see what what the best of the best actually look like when they play sports, not like me yeah. when I'm trying to jog. But you know how it is. It's one of those things where. You watch someone like Michael Phelps swim and just, like, how he separates himself from the rest of the pack. It's just crazy. I could never be that good. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous. Uh, I've, we've, my wife and I both, we've been watching it, and I've, you know, I'll live stream it some, during the day sometimes, too. But I have to say, like, I, I didn't remember her from the previous games, but Katie Ledecky, my gosh, woman swimmer. She won four golds this Olympics. Um, she's 19. And she just did the the 800 meter, which is a ridiculous long time to be swimming in a pool. But she she beat her own world record again today, and she beat the closest person behind her, the closest woman behind her was 11 seconds. I mean, she was <laughs> that almost, is massive. You, she couldn't even at the time it was done. She you couldn't even fit the other swimmers in the same camera shot. They had to pan <laughs> way out. It was just I mean her pacing and her strength is insane she's and i mean she's only 19 so i mean you're looking at two more olympics i'd say when she's 23 it's still in her prime and in 27 i'm sure she could still compete as well so i think we'll be seeing her i mean look at phelps he's 31 31 and then we had a swimmer um 
35 won the the 50 meter um freestyle <laughs> short race but 35 that and he is... first he first won it uh when he was 19 was that uh what's his name was he the american swimmer yeah uh with like the gray hair no, that's uh, Lock, Ryan Lochte. Oh, that's right. Um, this is I can't think of the guy's name, but he like he had sw- he stopped swimming for like six years, and then came back and just nuts. It's nuts. But Phelps, man, I, I know a lot of people have kind of a, got a negative attitude towards him when the whole you know the marijuana thing happened and this and that. But say what you want about him, I think he's one heck of an athlete. And this, mm-hmm. I mean, thirty-one competing with the world's best and dominating still i mean just says a lot about him i mean what does he have now i i I saw the graphic i can't remember the numbers but it compared if if phelps was a country and just (laughs) ranked him against you know other nations in his medal count it's it's ridiculous his individual medals compared to like you know the united states medals total it's probably he probably makes a good chunk of those yeah that's that's pretty crazy um but you know i watching these athletes i realized that there was something that they couldn't do you know they they don't eat much if anything when they're training and everything so i i I sacrificed myself for them and (laughs) while i was watching swimming i I grabbed some ben and jerry's ice cream and i said this is for you michael and i ate some (laughs) ben and jerry's ice cream for michael i i was that was my sacrifice oh i love it but other than that during the olympics last night there was a certain something that some people who wouldn't typically watch sports, maybe, were, were watching for uh, a, l- a little something called uh, um, Rogue One. Lit the Twitterverse on fire. Probably got the best ratings NBC's had in quite some time. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> it's kind of funny that they put the, um, the Rogue One trailer on NBC instead of ABC. But, you know, it makes sense because you have this huge audience watching the Olympics and I mean, arguably, it's could be as many people watching uh, the because it was right after Phelps won his gold medal. I think it was. There could be as many people watching then as there are watching the Super Bowl or something like that, where they would typically mm. spend a lot of money for for ads. But right. man, there is a ton of people just online waiting for that trailer for like an hour and a half. You're like, when is it going to come? <laughs> yes. I mean, I was one of them. Obviously, I was on on Twitter enjoying the watching everybody else as they use the hashtag Rogue One and just kind of there. There are some good jokes going around and good memes, and it 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 was so funny because like the, the day or two before, Phelps had this this picture of him like with this hood up on his thing with like the yes. stare, and so yes. he was being called Darth Phelps or something like that. And it was Did just you like, see the <laughs> one where he they replaced Palpatine with him in the, yes. the hollow image. Uh-huh. It's it was funny. There's a lot of creativity around there, but you know that picture was popping up there, and it's like I will need the trailer now and stuff like that. It was it was funny, but I this trailer. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, 
I want to help. Good. Good. I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. They destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day they grow stronger. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. Let me just let me just say this this much. Did not disappoint. It was totally if you no. aren't a sports person and you tuned into the Olympics, you know, for an hour to watch until this trailer came up, I think that this trailer was worth the wait. Yeah, it was immediately on YouTube like literally after it aired, but you know, it was kind of a nice communal experience if you were tapped into social media to be able to be like, "Hey, I'm on Twitter and, you know, we're all talking about Star Wars and the hype train for me officially has left the station, Jason. How about you? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, in the first announcement, I was like, okay, because, you know, I'm going to be that guy. And I was like, oh, Kyle Katarn. That's how the Death Star plans were stolen. I love Dark Forces. I love that, the Jedi Knight story arc. And then, you know, more things started to trickle out, more things. And then we got that first trailer. And I was like, okay, never mind. I'm in, you know. And then this one, I was like, I'm all the way in. I mean, this, <laughs> I thought that last trailer was great. And then this one's even better. I'm really, what I'm, based on the description I've heard, I'm glad that we didn't get just like an extended version of what they showed at Celebration. I'm glad that they gave us something completely different um, that kind of showcases, you know, all the characters in a way, shows some of the characters that we hadn't seen yet, uh, particularly, you know, like Alan Tudyk's uh, droid character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, obviously the shot at the end is right up there too, but I I think I'm really going to – I mean, people on the internet are going to claim, claim about everything, but there's already been some lashback. Oh, we've got another strong female character. Oh, Star Wars and Disney are getting all feminist da, 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 and all this nonsense. It's like, come on, get off your horse. I mean, I think Felicity Jones looks awesome in this character. I think uh, – I love that we're not getting a force focus in a way. I mean, that is going to be there, but did, this did is you much... say a Ford Focus? A f- <laughs> yeah, a Force <laughs> Focus. I'm glad we're not getting a Force fo- or a Ford Focus either. <laughs> <laughs> and getting like this, um, you know, a, a not quite gritty, but you know, we're getting a militaristic look at at the Star Wars universe. A and, more grounded view. Yeah, and I he wasn't initially my first like the character I was really drawn to, but I am really hyped to see uh, Ben Mendelsohn as director Kirk. Oh yeah, Krennic. Sorry, 
Um, it just looks awesome. Plus, he's got the flowing cape. I mean, I that it. flow. You know? I want I want to do cosplay as him. I seriously do. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, all all the way. And I, I've been reading some comparisons on stuff online. But there is, I will say that I do feel like there is a little bit of a Dark Forces uh, influence here because you know. Jin Orso, Jan Or sounds very familiar. <laughs> the design's a little similar, and even uh, you know Diego Luna's character kind of gets a similar, little bit, little similar to a Kyle Katarn look. And you get some of the shots with them in the cockpit. Look, <laughs> his name's going to be his name's going to be Coral Katarn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 hype. It looks awesome. I can't wait for December, and we're rapidly closing there i mean it's only four months away so i mean this this summer has flown by yeah this whole year really has flown by i mean i still look at you know the force awakens just that came out in december right and that yeah um maybe two three months ago came out on blu-ray so i mean i've watched it again since then that game or any game that movie holds up incredibly i mean so good every time i watch it um one scene specifically always gives me goosebumps at the end when when the lightsaber goes to her, you know? Oh, yeah. And I just, like you, I'm super excited to see what they do with a non-Force approach. And you can see how, like with the, the Darth Vader comic and stuff, when he's doing his thing, right, and it's just Vader as the user against these, these you know, rebel forces, and they're, like, terrified, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see, I mean... This is a prequel. I hate to use the P word, but this is a prequel, <laughs> even to episode four. But this, maybe it'll be a taste of what we've always kind of wanted, you know? That yeah. the Darth Vader between episode three and four, when he's hunting down the Jedi, when he is the Emperor's right hand, when he is the person that strikes fear just with his presence, you know? It, he was like that in the original trilogy to some extent. But. Maybe this, and maybe if they go into another movie in this time frame, will show you the reasons for the fear. Yes. And, you know, to build up on, you know, just Rogue One to help us, you know, by the time we've got a new season of Star Wars Rebels kicking off next month. With Grand Admiral Tarkin. Wait, Thrawn. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so so many diehard EU fans are coming to murder you right now. <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn's going to be really cool to see what happens there. And I'm looking forward to that Thrawn book, too. That should be coming out shortly. Yeah. There's, like, so many books now. Like the I, Ahsoka I, book? I, there's the Ahsoka, there's Ahsoka book. There's the Thrawn book. There's going to be a Rogue One, I think, prequel novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even read the, the next Aftermath entry yet in Life Debt. I, I have mean, that, but I just can't bring myself to start it because I was so underwhelmed yeah, by the first one. Yeah, I was one. too. Out of principle, I feel like I have to read the trilogy. And I like, know. I, I like, and since then, I've, you know, I've, I had um, the Asajj Ventress novel. I never got through that. I tried A New Dawn. I didn't get through that. I like, oh, these are all from the library, so that's why. Mm-hmm. And um, most recently, I had Life Debt. What the one that kind of focuses on Leia and what she's got going on in between. Wasn't it just called Bloodline? Oh, not Life Debt. Sorry. Yes, Bloodline. Life Debt is the aftermath. Yeah. And again, I got like 100 pages into that, and then it was like due back, and I was like, nah. Did you read so... Lost Stars? 
No, but I, I, it was recommended to me that I should. I heard that was, even though it's a young adult novel, I heard that that's actually really good. Yeah, I've heard the same thing too. I, that's another one that I have, but I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. And I think the author of that, she's writing, she's writing the Ahsoka book, I believe. Really? I think, but don't quote me on that. I'm going to quote you. I'm writing the article right now. Uh, quote, Jason Lacey says, same person who wrote the Asajj Ventures book is writing the Ahsoka young adult novel. I know she's, but I know she's writing another um, Star Wars book. At least I can tell you. I can tell you that much. There's a ton. So people were worried. I don't know if you worried, but um, when Disney bought Star Wars and they kind of nuked the EU, there's a ton of content coming out in in this short amount of time that's rebuilding the eu and that's pulling pieces of the pre-existing eu back into the to the grand story right like thrawn for instance thrawn's a huge huge character in the eu one of the best characters that was probably to come out of the the whole eu saga right wouldn't you say that oh yeah oh yeah definitely i think more i mean yeah you've got your your mara jade and your um you know, the solo twins and the other kids and things like that. But I think Thrawn is like, has always been above and beyond probably like one of the most influential characters and mm-hmm. uh, important characters, I'd say. For Especially someone on, on the dark side, we'll say like, you know, the villains. Yeah. I can't, I mean, there's Shizor, but there weren't really a ton of memorable villains. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that stupid, so terrible nine or was it 11 book story arc with them trying to hunt down that one being do you remember that um i can't remember what the abeloth yeah i I don't know yep i don't know (laughs) i'll go with it but i mean there just wasn't a lot of memorable characters other than thrawn on the dark side so it's really cool to see them pulling him in and yeah, I'm super excited to see what they do with him in Rebels too, because he feels like a good, a good entity to put in Rebels to kind of create that fear. Because you know the Empire is going to have to start crushing these guys, and it's going to probably come sooner than later. And I, I bet it's going to be Thrawn's going to have a huge hand in, in doing that. Thrawn, and in the end, probably Vader himself, or even Palpatine. Really, we haven't even seen Palpatine in. In, in like physical form in Rebels, right? You just I think we saw a holograph, but I think that's it. Yeah, he hasn't shown up just yet, no. So, I mean, they're really holding that card close to our chest, too. So, anyway, I'm super excited for Rogue One. <laughs> Obviously, we got a little bit of a chance there, but yeah, uh, yeah the trailer looks great. Um, there was some really cool ships and stuff that they showed in here. The um, It looks like they're they're doing a lot more with the practical effects in this movie too. Um, yeah. It looks still really good. I mean, I just, I can't wait. December cannot come soon enough. December 16th this year, two days earlier though, uh, than December 18th when the force awakens came out. So not a full year, but uh, close. We gotta, we gotta learn what happens to the, uh, the death troopers. Why, why are they gone? Why are they unenlisted? <laughs> why do they disappear? They're and probably quick, prototypes that failed. <laughs> and a quick correction. Claudia Gray wrote Bloodline. So she wrote Lost Stars and Bloodline. So I knew she wrote another book. I was way off on which one it was. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One. Looks good. Okay. Looks good. 
Jason, are you ready to move on to other things, to stranger things? <laughs> we have to, otherwise it'll turn into Star Wars cast. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, please join us as we journey into our entertaining thoughts for this week. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Give me, give me your, okay, full spoilers, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched trailer, yeah, trailer, if you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, um, tread lightly. If you are wanting to watch this, you know, this series, it's only eight episodes long. Um, I, I highly recommend it. First, I'll just put that out there. I think it's a great story, especially if you are a fan of Steven Spielberg type movies. Um, E.T., Alien, things like that. This is a movie that you'll probably enjoy. Or I I keep saying movie. This is a show that you'll probably enjoy that feels a lot like a movie that would fit in that time frame. So if that interests you at all and you want to preserve any surprises or anything like that, put this on pause, go watch it, and come back and listen to this discussion. Then tell us your thoughts over on Twitter or an email. You can email the show entertainingpod at... No, wait... That's entertaining at gmail.com or entertainingpod on Twitter. So, from here on out, full spoilers. Jason, what is your elevator pitch? What is this TV show? All right, so if you mashed up everything you loved about 80s movies, essentially, let's, take, let's say if John, if John Carpenter, Steven Spielberg, and who else can I throw into there... I don't even need that anymore. If those guys George made a Lucas. movie, yeah, let's throw George Lucas. If those he three checks. got together and made a movie, boom. This is almost what it is. It combines. You've got the the the, the kids out to save the town from some in, in, inexplicable evil and bizarre sci-finess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I I I can't do it justice. It's just. It, it's just. It'll speak for itself. You just have to push play. <laughs> you don't even have to do that. I mean, you just click on it, and <laughs> it just automatically starts. Um, so I got to say, when I first started, like I said, the first episode that we watched, we watched during a, it was like midnight or so. We just couldn't sleep. We were, mm-hmm. you know, we were moving, and just you're on a weird time frame. And there was a thunderstorm in the background, and I was like, I'm going to watch this. There's nothing else I want to watch. Started it up begins with this guy you know being chased out around this thing and there's just like the monsters kind of creepily running around and jennifer's like oh, what is this this is I don't, is this creepy? i don't want to watch a creepy show and i'm like i don't even know what it is i mean i, I couldn't tell if it was creepy or not but i, I it was more suspenseful um mm. you know kind of like that more thrillerish not scary i wouldn't call this scary or horror or anything like that for sure but it just had some tension to it. And you get past that part, and then you're immediately introduced to the kids. And what are they doing? I mean, they're playing, like, what was it, Dungeons & Dragons, I think? Yeah, yep. For me, seeing that, and I'm like, that's awesome. And it was a perfect representation of what that would be like, too. And, you know, you're instantly engrossed in these kids and what's happening to them. And then you follow the one character that gets the whole ball rolling, we'll say. And, I mean, they did a 
a great job not really showing you what the monster is or was at that point, but that kid really portrayed the the terror and the fear and just, you know, the unease of the whole situation. What did you think? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I I totally agree with you there. And the thing is, like, I knew... I had heard nothing about this series. Same here. Up up until um, my family, we went, Jess and I, and my family went out, and we saw. Um, oh gosh, what was the the Shallows? And it was actually a in the previews they had a trailer for Stranger Things, and I immediately I was like, "What is this?" And my head exploded, you know. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this looks amazing!" And then I kind of forgot about it again, but I kept putting that bug in Jess's ear because I was like well maybe, maybe this will be something that she's into maybe it's not and then we finally you know the one time we're like oh let's uh you know let's watch it's a Friday Friday you know I'm like well that new show on Netflix is out and she's like well, what one is that and I, I don't remember if we watched the tra- I think I played her for the trailer again and then she was like all right that looks cool enough for her to give it a shot and I, it immediately hooked her as well just that I mean she's not into the nerdy side of things but she she you know she's little younger than me, but she still, you know, grew up watching. Basically, she grew up watching everything her brother, her older brother made her watch, which is like the same things that, that I watched. So, um, and yeah, just the way that it starts off with that, the D&D scene and everything, and everything, the way that first episode, I love the pacing and how that first episode plays out with everything that happens because immediately it sets the tone for the, the rest of the series and you have this whole mystery to unravel of what happened to Will and what is this, what is this dark presence that's, in this in this town and it just for me it draws a lot of parallels to this movie oddly enough that jess had watched one night when she couldn't sleep and then she recorded it so i could watch it with her and it was called the gate same and it's again 80s movies 1987 and it's you know some kids in this suburbia i think probably california and there's like this gate to demons or whatever that opens up in their backyard and the kids you know have to find a way to to close it and it's just got that same i don't know what it is about a group of kids i don't know if it's nostalgia for me from watching stuff at that time but i just i love that setting of the group of friends having to band together to overcome their 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 social and specific life problems to to save something bigger kids saving the world that's what it comes down to right it's what we all. It's all we. It's what we all want. <laughs> I mean, it was really like like you. I didn't go in knowing really what this was. All I knew was what you had said, you know, on the Flux to Pose, and then you were talking about how it's like the '80s vibe and just really cool. Um, and so that's what I went in knowing is it was based in the '80s, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of modern stories that exist post cell phone, you you can't tell. I mean, as as soon as the cell phone is released, right, a lot of your tension and worry for some of these characters goes away because if you try to make that movie in a 2016 setting, it's just not going to work, right? Right. Um, everyone's going to have an iPhone in their pocket. They're going to take video of everything. There's not going to be a dark room. Have, when's the last time you saw a dark room, anyway, by the way? Oh, gosh. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I can't answer that. <laughs> it was in high school for me just because it was one of the elective classes. But, uh, you know, it's just I think that it was a really good use of the time period. And 
this literally felt like it could have been the sets and everything, the vehicles, the dress, it just all felt so right for the 80s vibe. And the music that they used, uh, the music, that's just a whole other thing on its own level. Because um, they, they used a good, like, synthetic, or not synthetic, uh, what do you call Synth? Yep. Sounding uh, soundtrack to it. But they also had, like, classic 80s music that would have been popular at the time that was playing as well. And I think, so this came out after Empire, so I'm thinking this probably was like 1982-ish. Do we know the actual year that this is based? It it is revealed, um, and it, yeah, you're you're right on there. It's um, I was trying to figure that out too based on the movies things to reference, but yeah, 83. 83. Okay. When, like November 6th. To give you the exact date, November 6, 1983 is when Will Byers vanishes. So well, well then they should have been referencing the Emperor there. So there was a lack of Emperor referencing because. That yeah. should have been forefront on their mind because if this is November of '83, I believe the movie should have come out that year earlier, right? Am, um, I, or am I wrong? I think Jedi came out in 1983. It did come out in '83. Uh, let's see, release date of May 25th. So yeah, I mean it, it. Technically, yeah, it should have been, but yeah, they're very much just talking about empire so continuity even back then i guess you know what i mean they they weren't talking about ewoks they were talking about the walkers and uh, okay but at least it was star wars anyway (laughs) continuing on uh what did you think of 11 what was your initial reaction to that character when you first saw her at first you know a lot of mystery i guess you're really compelled to want to learn more about her mm-hmm. um and whoever I, I, that actress is by the way amazing yes i mean and starting out you know it's she she's not a lot to work with you know she you, you kind of worried she's just kind of damaged goods and then as you know she is around the gang more and kind of learns all over again how to actually be a kid um you see a lot more depth to it, and yeah, Millie Bobby Brown is the the actress that plays her, and wow, yeah, like you said, phenomenal job. Like I I'd say she's probably one of the highest, like the highlights of the of the series. How it's how it's done, and just the probably the direction they take with her, and just how she does it for being such a young age. It's just a lot of kudos there. Mm-hmm. So, when she's introduced and she gets to the boys, at that point you definitely—at least I did—I get that ET vibe really, yes. really yes. at that point for sure. Oh yeah, there was a there's a I'm sure it was YouTube, but it was a compilation video that showed all the different movies that are homages to Stranger Things or. As it says, and, it, and literally it shows, you know, shot by shot, and it's so many different, you know, very similar shots and scenarios from other movies and straight up of E.T., like the whole basement little you know, little fort mm-hmm. housing thing that she's hidden in. <laughs> Just in, in typical 80s movie fashion, too. Like, if you hadn't seen an 80s movie, you're going to say, like, 
you're telling me that his parents never went in the basement and found this, this girl. I know. You know. But in the 80s movies, that's what it's like. The parents are, like, completely oblivious to everything their kids are doing. Like, the dad through this entire movie is just like, I don't give an F. And he's not involved at all except at the dinner table, you know. And it's Well, he's not even that... involved there either. <laughs> yeah. But that's how all those movies were like back then. So they were they were faithful to the source material. So you have to take that. You have to take that with a grain of salt and and be aware of that going in. But um, yeah, you definitely get that that ET feeling from that. So when the one of my qualms with this show is that I almost felt like they had a little too many characters going on. I can so, see that. You know, I, I I enjoyed the cast with the kids, the the boys and the girl. And then with Winona Ryder, who did a fantastic job, by the way. She did a great job as a mother that lost her boy and just really pulls at your heartstrings. I mean, she did a great job acting in this in this TV show. But when you get to the extra characters, like the sister and the boyfriend and the sister's friend, I feel like... They could have been excised, and we would have had a little bit tighter and more concise story that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been muddled around with some of this other stuff. Because really, it, what did the sister storyline bring to this? Right? She she lost her friend, and kind of had a oh, parallel storyline. Oh, right? Uh, I feel so sorry for her too. Everyone, nobody cares that she disappears. But she's never forgotten in her heart. Yeah, so she disappears, and then she's dead. I mean, she's like the only one that has... Or no, there were some other people, but yeah, she she gone. Much much sadder, much sadder. But I just... I really feel like if they would have taken those, like, that whole story out of it, it might have been a better show for it. But, you know, it was still okay. Like, I didn't... I don't know if it was the the actor that played him, but that boyfriend character—he was just, he was just goofy. I didn't like him at all. The uh, the jockey one. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't even gotta, a jockey. He was preppy, right? That was yeah, more of a preppy. preppy. Yeah, there you go. Well, you gotta have that teenage angst in the movie. You know, you gotta have that. What? What? He was he was okay, but I couldn't stand his two friends. The oh, other they were couple terrible. that was all around. Oh, so just. But those were typical eighties like henchman yeah. characters, you know, yeah. from all those movies. Like I, I think of Back to the Future is like Biff and his, his Billy, buddies. <laughs> Billy Zane. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, they. I yeah, totally. It's like one of the one of the more of the downsides. But in yeah, I, again, the whole thing with the, the sister too. It's like oh, it's just the boyfriend. Always the boys. He's always sneaking in a room. Parents are oblivious. They never mm-hmm. never did. <laughs> Another thing that like if if. If I was a parent, I wouldn't, I think I would know, you know? I think I would hear something, at least. Or if I heard something, I wouldn't just be like, what was that? And the kid would, right. oh, no. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I'm checking that out. So, anyway. So, with this storyline, they, you have the, the faceless, not faceless, but the, the government organization, kind of. And you have mm-hmm. that really creepy-looking guy with the white hair uh yes that was just like you know i can't remember what he was but he's some sort of doctor evie uh, always called him doctor doctor brenner yeah um so he was 
a really just for, for looks alone and i mean the way that he portrayed the character too again really menacing and disturbing at the same time to those that were watching it he got the point across that you know mm-hmm. adults could be like oh he's fine but he would definitely be freaking out kids just by looking at them <laughs> but here's what what did you think about the okay when we first get introduced to 11 and she's at that that diner and then the uh, child services woman shows up and then out of nowhere she's just like pop mm-hmm. pop i was like oh my gosh i figured that out though i was it was just i loved how cold hearted she was i mm-hmm. loved in the that character the, especially yeah and with brenner you know they kind of you know to jump way ahead they kind of leave it we don't know we don't know his fate I mean, we can you kind of can assume what happens to him, but we're not explicitly shown. So you have to wonder: is is are we going to see him in, in season two or season three, or or is this the end of Matthew Modine's time on Stranger Things? Oh, I think it'd be a, a different bad guy next time. It's like Jason Bourne movies. You know, when it's the bad guy, it's always different CIA level. You'll get to the next level of government agency in the next Stranger Things. Uh, and have that, you know, your Timely Jones character kind of come out now. Yeah. But in this movie, I keep saying movie. I'm just going to say wh- whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. In this show, uh, when they get to, you know, having like the the state police even, you know, kind of in their pocket or whatever. And the only guy that you can really trust, which at first you don't really trust him, is the, you know, the chief of police out there. He's kind of first portrayed as kind of a sleazy kind of scumbag oh, yeah. kind like of guy. a train wreck. Yeah. And his character arc is phenomenal. He, you go from that first scene with him just, you know, waking up and brushing his teeth with a whiskey bottle pretty much, right? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, going in super late to the office and just whatever. He, he, the world goes to his time. And then through the whole course of this, he kind of gets the fire back of being a police officer again and being, you know, able to help this and knowing that there's something going wrong. And I really would like to know more behind that transformation. You know what I mean? I would like to know what really caused him to have that click in his head. Because uh, I don't think that was ever really explained, you know? No, no. So that's the one thing I would have liked to see from his character. But the progression of his character from scumbag to hero, literally, uh, was great. And his character just, you further kept on enjoying him and what he brought to the screen every time he was on. His yeah. two his two cop buddies. I mean, those are straight out of the 80s, too. Those two cop buddies. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. The two bumbling deputies. Uh-huh. But uh... as a whole... You know, this show is actually really good. I don't know. Um, like I said, there's a, just a little bit of tightening that could be taken care of. But still, it was. It didn't feel like it was wasting time because there was eight episodes and each one was maybe about 50 minutes right around there. And it felt like it went by quick. And it it didn't overstay its welcome. There's some some no. TV shows that even ten episodes feels like it's a little too long, right? Yes. So, what would you want 
from a season two? Well, you know, I don't. It, it's tough because I, while well, I was going through season one, you know, I was like, you know, I, I was hoping that I was like, that was my question. Like, are we going to find Will in season one or is it going to somehow end on some cliffhanger and it's going to be stretched out? I would not have liked that. You know, yeah. So I'm glad that season one kind of encompasses this, this whole tale. You know, we got the redemption of Hopper. You got, um, you know, somewhat the coming of age of the group. You know, we've got the, the tale comes to a conclusion. Now, I want I love what they've done with the whole the upside down, you know, mm -hmm. this whole alternate dimension type thing. So I really I want to see that continued to be explored. I don't want to see this be the end of it. And we're dealing with some other paranormal entity. I want to see more of that. I mean, clearly, we're, we've got some setup here with what's what's going on with Will at the end of season one and what's the lasting effects of his his time spent there we also don't know you know where's 11 at we know she's still around based on what you know what uh, what's left in that little uh little goodie box so to speak there at the end that of all people you know the the police chief leaves it there um i mean ego waffles is a pretty telling sign for one specific character so you know she's gonna have to reemerge, but I want maybe maybe we're gonna see you know the the guys try to find eleven or or something like that. I I don't. It's it's tough because I'm 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 perfectly okay with more of the same because mm -hmm. I I loved I just I love so much about this show. I mean, my my wife loved this as much as I do, and we that doesn't happen much for shows like this, especially with this subject matter. I'm more into the weirder, you know, the sci-fi, the paranormal, at least in television shows, stuff like that. And I mean, we we watched this whole thing in two days. So, I mean, I, I I can't wait for more. I just wanted to recapture that that same feeling, though. I think that's an important thing. It has to maintain that that familiar. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like familiar. It's like local. It's 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 just great, you know. So but I, that's what I think I want to see more of. I want to see more of the upside down. Um, I mean, we, granted, we did get to see a a, a good walk through experience of that when uh, towards the end there but you know maybe some more about that or how it's you know it's a, it's origins and more about this this government uh, agency that's you know what what exactly their experiments are what are they doing and you know maybe we have got uh, you know the government's got to come in now and clean, clean this up and try to cover this whole thing up and that's going to lead to some something going on. I mean, we know, we know that something that's going on to that extent because some of those employees reached out to Hopper there at uh, one of those, those, some of those final scenes. So we know, you know, we know something more is going on, but um, really as long as I get more stranger things, which, you know, everyone <laughs> on the internet was like, I want season two, like literally the Saturday after it was released. You know? mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's what it boils down to for me. So here's an interesting number. And I'm looking at this uh, from the day that it was released plus 16 days, the number of people, the viewership that was tracked. And this is third on the list. Number one on this list is Fuller House, ugh, ugh. which had 13.1 million viewers. Uh, Orange is the New Black, season four, which was 13 million viewers. And then Stranger Things. Season one, you know, this is a very much a new property. 
uh, and it is 8.2 million viewers. That beats out Marvel's Daredevil Season 2, Making a Murderer, Jessica Jones, and House of Cards Season 4. Wow. I mean, that beats out a lot of stuff. And those are like, besides Jessica Jones, I mean, they got the Marvel fan base, but I mean, those are all rather established. Like House of Cards is very well established. Now Daredevil, you know, established mm-hmm. um and especially like like we were like we said i knew about daredevil before it was coming i knew about jessica jones we so had no idea that, yeah we had no idea at least i i unless i was under a rock i had no idea this was coming i knew nothing about it until literally like two two or three weeks before it, it debuted and it just and it like spread like wildfire mm-hmm. there's actually a, a heading up here uh an article that says the the best movie of the summer is not a movie but it's stranger things and i you know i kind of kind of want to agree with that in a way because look at the movies that we've had this summer you've had the x-men movie you had civil war which kind of kicked it all off suicide squad jason bourne um star trek beyond I think, I mean, this is worthy of being in the conversation. I think the best theatrical movie this year, probably to me, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I think it might be Star Trek. But this would be right up there with it. It's a different flavor for sure. I mean, it's still kind of mm-hmm. sci-fi. But this kind of, like you said, it kind of hits more to home, kind of more relatable. And definitely more engrossing to me personally uh, than Star Trek is, even though I really enjoy Star Trek. I think that there's a case to be made that the best entertainment property, you know, in TV or video could have been Stranger Things this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So for me, for a Stranger Things season two, I, like you said, more exploration of the upside down, uh, focus again more on the kids, cut the the sister out of the story, or at least the boyfriend guy um he doesn't do anything to the plot you you can get rid of the uh the brother of will i think was was will's brother um a little bit less uh winona writer talking to lights maybe but that was kind of (laughs) cool it was cool but i mean for a while there you're just like what what is going on i mean she definitely was portrayed as crazy that's for sure and, you know, she's like, every time, like, I know this seems crazy and this and that. But, um, but yeah, just don't don't feel like you have to up the ante, you know? Just give us some more tastes of what you gave us with this, and we'll be perfectly happy with it. Yes. So don't don't need more characters. Just follow the same character <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It gets, you're going to get to Game of Thrones juggling at some point. You keep uh, adding that many, but... Mm-hmm. I, I do I do like the, you know the one twist that they do have though I I wanted to mention too I like how you know the you know the boyfriend shows up there and towards you know those climactic acts when they're confronting the the monster and they're like just you know you just run just get out of here and you're like oh he's just gonna leave him but then the little the predictable yet still a twist he comes back to help save the day what the twist <laughs> just. Ah, I, I it, it's testament to that how well I can remember so much of this because I haven't. It's been so. I feel like it's been forever since I watched it. I remember more of this TV show than I do of Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying to you're trying to wash your brain of it. And I I, I watched this before Jason Bourne. <laughs> I still can't believe Lucas hasn't watched all of this yet. That's yeah. what strikes me the most. Seriously, I figured he'd be like eating this up. 
I know. Ah, uh, ask him what's wrong. Is it, does I, I it hit too close to him? Too close to home? <laughs> Did he Maybe. have an upside down experience like this? Yeah, he might have. He might have. He might have be coughing up some leeches or something too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously they have that wide open for a season two foil to kind of carry that that storyline on. Um, but yeah, great, great, great TV show. I recommend it. I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and honestly. I would watch it again. I would just have it on in the background just to have the, the the music and the aesthetics and just everything kind of playing out in the background and not even pay attention to it. It feels like it's that kind of show where you can just kind of have it in the background. Once you watch it through the first time and just kind of have it keep going, it's it's good good background noise. Yeah. So we, we touched on it with the soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. I mean... They actually just released the film score today. Oh, did they? Awesome! Because I love the, I love it. It's synth heavy. It's got it's perfect like mood music, mm-hmm. and just it accompanies it and the the feel and the the emotion of what's going on. I also love how in, in another homage to the '80s, how the in with the the title screen. I always love when the Netflix show has a very short title screen intro, mm-hmm. so it gets right into the action. But I never. I never felt like the need. Like sometimes I'll, you know, even mess around with uh, getting my phone out and skipping just to get just to save myself those twenty seconds, or whatever. But uh-huh. this, I, I could watch the Stranger Things one every time. Plus, you got you know the heavy synth, but then you got like the, the film grain, just mm-hmm. enough little bit to simulate from the eighties. Ah, uh, ah, uh, it all it all just goes. It it's all it's all all encompassing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's. The the music is well done, um, and we talked about the soundtrack too with the, all the music. I think there's a uh, an iconic '80s song in each episode, right? There kind of seems like yeah. there is. Yeah. Um, but I was looking up to try to find the the composer name for the Stranger Things, uh, but it doesn't look like they have it for sale yet on Amazon. But I know it's on iTunes because I was looking at it on iTunes earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised if it's on iTunes that it's not on Amazon because maybe it's exclusive to one or the other. Yeah, Stranger Things is definitely on iTunes. It's featured, actually, on the new music section. Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein. This thing has 152 ratings already, released August 12th, which is today, the day we are recording, and has a perfect five-star review. Wow. From 152 reviews. It's crazy, but I mean, it, it speaks to what we're saying here. I mean, here's here's something for you too, and this is someone who's like half of our age, and and this is just one of the like the top review, which is the feels, and it says, <laughs> "I'm only 15, so I don't know what it was like when synth first came out until now, and I love it. Great show, great music, great artists. Ten out of ten. Oh. Only Gosh. fifteen. I mean, oh, and that just speaks to the the broad uh, range of the show, right? The the yeah. appealability. I'm almost thirty. I think you're in the same range as me, and this is a fifteen year old who's really thoroughly enjoying the show, and they're drawn to the music of it too. And that's just really cool that it can do that. That it has that kind of pull. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love the cover too. The cover of the the <laughs> the film score is excellent. 
Is that the the same like retro style box art? Yeah, uh, it's got you know eleven front and center with her yeah. hand out, and then it's yep. got everybody else kind of running the Stranger Things logo. I would get a Stranger Things t t shirt, honestly. Have you seen the the VHS, VHS box? No. Oh yeah, fans have made like a. It's all aged and looks beat up and appropriate for the era, but it's that same artwork, Stranger Things, on a VHS VHS case, much like the the Force Awakens one that was put out. But um, it looks awesome. That, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that they they really hit on something here that just resonates with people. So I think it's really cool. All right, Jason. Any final thoughts? on Stranger Things. Well, as the excellent podcast Fluxtapose might have mentioned, you should probably just watch Stranger Things. Agreed. And, and, I mean, if you're listening to this now, well, you did it all wrong because now the whole show has been ruined for you a little bit. But uh, We left some good spoilers out there. Yeah. I, yeah honestly, this there's not too many shows that I would go back and, and same thing with movies until down the road I do second viewings. I could I could easily make a point to go and watch through this again mm-hmm. you know just to, to experience it i just i love the i love the journey that it gets i love the story i just maybe i'm a sucker for 80s feel good stuff but <laughs> i guess if you throw enough nerdy references especially things to the 80s and then give me a a group of friends that have to solve some some problem i guess i'm all in and it really what this gets me excited for is um what we're gonna see maybe out of like ready player one when that movie comes out with all its pop culture references to the eighties and every nineties and how much it worked for me in this movie, I think it's going to only carry over there, but that's, that's another discussion altogether. Um, I, I, there, I could, there's not much more I can say. I've already gushed about this, you know, for the past, <laughs> you know, 30 minutes or so. I think that, I mean, you can tell already. I, I loved it. And I mean, kudos to the Duffer brothers for creating this thing and putting it out because it's, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. My final thought is, beware the white panel van. <laughs> they're always menacing. They're always... There's no free candy in there. Yeah, they're, don't go there looking for free candy because you're never coming back. So, that's Stranger Things, ladies and gentlemen. I hope uh, that you have checked it out and that you enjoyed Stranger Things because I think that it's, it's actually a really good watch. Uh, if you're not hooked in by the first episode, you won't be. Uh, so don't feel like you have to watch it and it gets better like four episodes in because it, it's strong right out of the gate. So if you watch the first episode and don't feel hooked, then that's okay. That's It might not be your bag, but it's it's definitely worth at least checking out if you like a good story. And if you've ever enjoyed, you know, E.T. Um, uh, or uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? With the alien, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Uh, things or, like that. Uh, uh, Stephen King's It. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you've enjoyed anything like that or think that you might or uh, just want a good story that you don't get a lot of this kind of build anymore. If you like Goonies, definitely yes. uh, check this out. So that's my recommendation. And Jason, where can people find you? to further get their fill of Jason Lacey. Oh, gosh. If, if, if you've already somehow haven't had enough already, I'm, I'm everywhere. No. Uh, mostly active on the Twitterverse. Uh, ampersam J.W. Lacey. But, ampersam? Um, uh, yeah. Ampersam? Ampersam. Isn't that how you say it? At symbol? Yeah. 
No. Ampersand is the and. Am, am I wrong? Oh, my gosh. I am wrong. Wow. <laughs> Today I learned. Today I learned. <laughs> you know, you just do at. <laughs> yeah, just do at. Well, you could do an ampersand, too, see what happens. Maybe you'll find some cool person to follow. But I am at, uh, <laughs> at J.W. Lacey. I also, as Nathan was so kind to mention, I do a podcast uh, weekly called Flux to Post. No, I thought you were going to say Helicorn Council. <laughs> oh, may it rest <laughs> in peace. Flux to Post over at FluxToPost.com. It's also on Twitter. It's on Facebook, all that. But you can also find Nathan and I over at Play Some Video Games. If you need a video game fix, we've got all sorts of coverage there for video games and nonsense. Very cool. And for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Sith Nightmare. You've already listened to the show, so you found the show. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, you get the prize. The prize is more shows. So uh, we'll be talking something else next week. And quite honestly, peek behind the curtain. I don't have anything on the schedule for next week. The next 11 what? weeks are wide open. What? I have nothing scheduled. Uh, I just got so busy with everything else in the move and everything. I just... You know, I was like, ah, da, 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 and then all of a sudden, there's nothing scheduled. So I don't know what next week's going to be. Um, I I don't necessarily want to skip an episode, but listener's uh, choice. I don't know. Yeah, listener's choice. So I mean, send send me a tweet uh, if you send it to me soon enough. We can get something covered in the podcast and uh, get it out possibly next week. But I at this point am going to be winging it, and oh, it'll be I interesting. Blame, I blame Alex. I, I do too. He's he's doing taking too many of those surveys. And I mean that's that's really what's taking all his time these days. Yeah, um, make that Google money. Yeah, keep making that Google money. So uh, I don't know what your the next episode's going to be about, but it might be interesting, might be entertaining. Uh, you never know. And I will bring that to you, quality entertainment next week. So I think I told you how you can reach the show on Twitter. Uh, it is at Entertaining Pod. You can email us. That's entertaining at gmail.com. I'd also like to give a shout out to you know, friend of both of ours, uh, Mr. Uh, I want to say John Ream, but that's his co pilot. Uh, Denny Luce. Denny Luce. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Denny. It's, it's too late for me. Uh, it's been a long day. Uh, it's even longer for Jason at this point, but good lord. Um, <laughs> it's true. He does a podcast. Or actually, they do a podcast. They do a podcast. <laughs> Over at uh, the... Ah, I'm like on the name. Uh, Tap the Craft. Over at the... What is the, the network that they're on? Uh, open Forum. Open Radio. Forum Radio. I am blanking on everything right now. You know, I, I shouldn't have done the shout-out because I just, I'm just i fumbling. I don't yeah. know what's going on. I think Now's it's... a great time, too, because there's the, the, the race is heating up between John and Denny on their untapped check-ins. Mm-hmm. John's, John's closing the gap. I, I see a lot of those untapped check-ins, and I'm like, I want to comment on every one, but I'm just like, man, I just I can't keep up. I can't keep up with drinking with them, uh, oh, no. <laughs> and I can't hardly keep I, up with commenting with them either. No, no, I, I, I uh, they, they put me to shame very quick. Oh yeah, me too. Like I, you know, I haven't bought a beer in a long time. And since I moved in, I haven't even opened up like any bourbon or scotch or anything. I just oh, I don't know who you are anymore. I know it's eh, it's. It's weird. I, I I'm I have some clarity in every now and then. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, it doesn't do me any good because I'm still busy. I can't do anything <laughs> with my time. Uh, anyway, but check out the awesome uh, show over at Tap the Craft. They're talking craft beer and they're having a good time doing so. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. 
We hope that you have enjoyed the show. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.